That's the story piece, Daniel. You're absolutely right. This isn't about the numbers. It's not even about the percentages. It's about the trends and the stories, where you have been, where you are now, and as you said, where you want to go. We're on episode 99, and holiday season's upon us. Usually at this time of year, my thoughts, your thoughts are heading towards annual planning. We're not doing an annual planning episode this year. We've done it the last two years. Go back and listen to those. But we did just do a really great episode on employee benefits, and we were talking about how that plays into the overall profitability of your studio, of your school. We got into the nitty gritty of those particular numbers. And as we thought about how to follow that episode, we thought we would do a fun size episode, maybe a little bit of a briefer episode, and look at the overall profitability picture of a studio. What? How do all the expenses and uh, play into the profit that you take home at the end of the year? And I really do think that plays into the thoughts that we have as we go in is we're imminently going into a new year. Like I know we're still about six weeks away, uh, but we're going on break after episode 100 and you won't be able to hear Mm. us anymore after that until the beginning of the new year. So let's start thinking about these things now because it is quite possible that without adding even one more student to your school, without adding another dollar in profit, it's possible you could take home more next year if you get your expenses under control and something that owners are notoriously bad at doing, are keeping control of those costs or even knowing what those costs are. So we thought we'd do a quick episode on categories that you should pay attention to and potentially even some percentages that you should allocate to those categories as you go into 2024. Nate, thoughts? I love it. Let's just fight the more, more, more syndrome and instead get a like get better, better, better clarity on our businesses in the next year. And the timing is perfect because for those of you that are deadly serious about growing a uh, really mission-driven and super fun and profitable and sustainable school, you do want to be doing all your prep now for your annual planning. Yeah. Um, So fun size, we're going to do our darndest to get this sucker in about 20, 25 minutes. So get your notebooks out, get your pens, get ready to take some notes because we're going to be moving fast. How do we start, Nate? Uh, Let's start by like kind of dovetailing off the previous episode where we talked about cost of labor. So I'm going to share with our listeners, Daniel, two things. I'm going to share what I call the big eight. Those are the eight categories of expenses that we want to develop an understanding around. And then I'm going to share BMF's actual average percentages spent for each one of these categories. And I've talked about this in, in previous episodes, but and I showed as we were teeing this sucker up and talking together, I showed you one of my spreadsheets that I love to look at regularly, which is a 2016 through 2021 profit and loss um, aggregate. So it just shows all of those years, and then it gives the percentages spent in each one of these eight categories. So dovetailing after the out of the last episode, let's go straight to category one, can we? Which Sounds is good. Cost of labor. We pound cost of labor. Why do we, you and I talk about cost of labor so much, Daniel? It's because one of the biggest percentages. <laughs> it's, the, it's the biggest percentage. So again, I just always love to develop financial fluency around, imagine if I made a dollar, what percentage of that dollar would go to cost of labor? Last step, if you haven't listened yet, be sure to go back and bookmark that sucker and listen. But we talked about a benefits package rather than a simple cost of an hour of teaching. So 
I would say um, to share the BMF percentages on average, we're looking to spend somewhere around 30 to 40% on that line. So that the cost of the teacher teaching and then all of the additional benefits that you offer them, I want to spend about 40 cents of every dollar. I want to make sure that it goes back to the human. And that is going to be the largest percentage, right? Mm, so cool. that's number one of the big eight. Next biggest is rent. Okay, now, real quickly, I know, Daniel, you ran your group lessons um, out of your home, correct? Yep. Back when you were running it? Yeah, dig it. Mm -hmm. So Had a music for those room. of you that are doing yeah. a similar type of school, um, don't confuse that with being free space because it isn't, right? You have, for example, we're recording this in my home studio. This is about 25% of my home, and 25, and these expenses are all written off on, our, on a different, you know, Nature Music return. Um, anyways, there's wear and tear on this space, and actually, for a while, Brooklyn Music Factory rented this space, and they paid Jessica and I $1,000 a month for using this space. So you need to factor in, if you have a home studio or school, that rent is actually an expense. At BMF, we have spent an average, I'm going to go look at this here, um, and boy, has it been a journey moving through three different locations. Now we're at a beautiful home in Brooklyn, so everybody listening, come visit us sometime. We're looking at an average now over all those years of about 10% of ours goes revenue. to rent. Yeah, total, total revenue. revenue. So okay. cost of labor, I want to spend around 40 cents of every dollar. Rent or facility... I want to spend around 10 cents of every dollar. By the way, we had a great uh, handful of episodes with Jeff Homer in previous, and he pushed back on that number. And I totally, I think he's great wisdom to share on this because he has so much experience owning so many different schools, paying rent on so many different schools. Um, and he said, if you're spending, uh, he, he pushed it more to like 20 cents of every dollar. Really? Right? Yeah. So he pushed it higher, but this is an area where I've worked really hard to try to keep our rent percentage at a manageable, sustainable rate for us. Um, so anyways, for BMF, I'm giving you our own numbers. Our average 2016 to 2021 was 10%. So we're going to work around 10 cents of every dollar goes to rent. Okay, so that's yeah. number two of the big eight. I'm going to pause here for a second, Daniel, and I'm just going to ask our listeners to consider this as an exercise. So I'm giving you these eight categories. Daniel and I are pounding through them. We're giving you percentages. You might be saying, why is Nate giving us percentages? Right? The reason is, is because most of our listeners are thinking in terms of dollars. Mm -hmm. The truth is, if you're in a growth stage of your business, i.e. you're at 50 students and you want to be at 150 students, you get to 150, you want to be at a 250 student school. The dollar amount, obviously, your gross revenue is going to shift, right? Maybe you're, maybe you're grossing $200,000 a year right now, and you intend within three years to hit $500,000 or six or $700,000. The reason you want to move from dollars to percentages is because many of these categories I'm sharing with you, those percentages are going to stay consistent in each growth stage. Not all of them, but many of them will. So... If you can right now begin to design a budget for your $100,000 school or $200,000 school with a percentage in mind, like we're talking about, 
for every hundred thousand dollars, ten thousand goes to uh, X line, right? If you can start thinking in terms of percentages, then you will be able to forecast and imagine your school in three years and imagine your school in five years. Because oftentimes we get so mired in the dollars and we're like, wait, when I make a million, I remember when BMF, Daniel, actually made, had their first million dollar year, which was in 2016. And I was so kind of overwhelmed by such a big number because I couldn't imagine those numbers at that time. But it was at that time that I went and asked for help around my financial fluency piece. And that's where it really began to get clear because I went to someone who said, let's convert all of this to percentages. She's the one who started designing this 2016 through 2021 PL for me. She, Sandra, really helped change the, my mindset on this. Okay, so we're going to continue now. But what I'm going to ask you to do as you're writing down these categories and percentages is plan on going to your Google Sheets or your Excel and start building your own budget. Just a row and a percentage. And then you can put a makeup gross number at the top. Doesn't matter for right now. Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to design a story that makes sense to you. That's what you're working on. You're working on a budget that isn't something that you just like glaze over when you look at it, but actually it's a story where you're like, oh, that's fascinating. So if I'm making 100000 this year and 40% is going to teachers, that means I'm, I'm allocating $40,000 a year to teachers, huh? So if I made 500,000, what would that mean, right? So that, and it's much easier to see now. So you can imagine that growth path. Okay, any thoughts on that, Daniel, before we hit categories three through eight? Well, you made an interesting comment before that I think it's worth developing since you brought it up here before we go to three. And that is, you made the comment that it's kind of a rookie move to focus on dollars over uh, percentages. And I do think you developed that thought there a little bit. Do you have anything else to say around that? Why such a strong statement? Mm. I think it's for two reasons. The first is that as I've become more and more um, transparent around the numbers at BMF and spent more time sharing these with other friends and business owners, I've realized that they all talk in percentages, right? And they're different industries entirely. And they're different scales of business entirely, right? And so what happens is I'm realizing just in the, the language we use as business owners is, oh, what percentage of your gross are you investing in, you know, X category? That's the language they use. Because in truth, Daniel, when you think about it, it makes no sense to me. I'm talking to my friend, um, David, who runs a bakery. And he's talking to me about the cost of butter, which is like, those are his direct expenses to make cookies. And if I say, oh, um, how much does butter cost or what? It's like, it's, it's a, not a useful number for me, right? But if he says, we allocate 10% of our gross income into the direct costs of baking. Well, our direct cost, that makes perfect sense to me because as a music school, our direct cost is the teacher, cost of labor, right? That's the butter. So now all of a sudden I can translate, he and I can have an open and meaningful conversation. Does that, you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense when, yeah, we, when we draw that analogy? 
Sure. Or with that comp, rather. Uh, yeah, and I think the other thing, too, is that as targets, as you continue to go through these categories quickly, you're not only giving what the category is, you're giving the target percentage as well. And just as we said in the last episode, if you've built your P&L and you have your categories all visible there, it's a very easy, it's one more step and a somewhat easy step to take the dollar amounts, convert them to percentages and start thinking in that way. You probably aren't going to be doing that if you're on QuickBooks Online, but you can take that information, export it, put it on a Google Doc or an Excel spreadsheet or a numbers spreadsheet, and then just set those formulas up so that it automatically displays those percentages for you or even make something custom. Yeah, totally. Super good addition there. Um, because there's two things. The QuickBooks Online actually will, you can study some hmm. tutorials and figure out how to set up your okay. percentages. You can set it up. Lovely. But what you want is to actually create something you can play with. Right. And so your last piece is really nice, Daniel, where you're saying, like, just download the sucker and put it in your Google Sheets, which is exactly what I do at PMS. It's exactly what Lee and I do. And then we can play with it. And we're not busting anything. And it's not, you know, it's not, it's, it's just an area to play with and, and discover. Okay. Can I go to category three? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So we got the big eight here. The next one is a really simple one. So we just did cost of labor. That's obvious. It's the biggest one. Next biggest one for many people is rent. So we did that. And then I'm doing utilities. Okay. That's your internet. That's your electricity. That's your phone. Like these things are actually not that big an expense, but they're a consistent, constant one. You're always going to have that indirect expense because you can't, you know, the lights have to be on, right? So for BMF, that percentage is an average of 1%. So we spend a penny of every dollar on utilities. Dig it? Not a lot of money, but it's a penny of every dollar. Mm. Cool. So not that sexy, but it's important. Okay. So let's go on from there and um, do the admin line. Okay, so now this is where, this is a really important, Daniel, we talk a lot about this. This is a stage of growth. So we have many, you know, we have we have clients that we work with that are very much in this stage. They've moved from, you'll see it, like you're at 100 students and you're doing everything yourself and you're cool, basically, but you're working like 11 hours a day, so you're not that cool. Event, one of the most important first hires for you beyond teachers is going to be your uh, some version of admin, right? That's going to begin to take on things like um, family communication, enrollment, sales, um, you know, facility management. If they're at the desk, all these things. Like even you talked about this, Daniel, really nicely in a previous episode. Um, you had your admin support ordering books. You had things like you know, really like. Doesn't seem, again, it's just vital because it's taking away your bandwidth as an owner, right? So um, I made a quick little punch list of admin, but like for us at BMF, it includes all that desk time. Um, we always have someone at a desk. Um, sales time, uh, production time. If you're like Brooklyn Music Factory and you're producing content um, and curriculum, then that's a that's bigger than smaller line, but most schools aren't doing that. But you could be doing things like making, um, you know, your recital uh, programs and all of that. Those are little production hours that need to go into running your school. 
we also include any paid meeting time under admin. It's not under a direct cost of teaching because it's because you can reduce that if you need to. And we've definitely played with how much we spend on meetings and to because, you know, you can easily run a meeting that sucks. And we've done a whole episode on how to not run a meeting that sucks. <laughs> yes, I get <laughs> I, I continually get comments about that one. And then also five ways to make your trial lessons not suck. So maybe we should do a whole new series on things that Just, don't suck in 2024. I don't know, but keep yeah, going. Things that, right. <laughs> I love that. OK, that's awesome. Um, OK, so that's the admin line. Now, this sucker is a little bit bigger than what you might imagine. And it's and this is one of those interesting ones, Daniel. We should ping pong a little bit on this one. But our average at BMF for administrative wages is over those, what, one, two, three, four, five years was 28%. We look to keep wow. that now at around 25%. So we've strategically tried to push down that administrative line a bit and hmm. see if we can um, hold that 25%. Now, you brought up a really good question, Daniel, before we pressed record, which was like, are all of these percentages going to hold steady regardless of the size of your school? Yeah, I was going to bring that up again. Yeah. And I think that's a super important and valid point. This is one of those lines that has gone very high started out low and went much higher as we were in certain growth stages. So let me give you real numbers here and real stages of growth for BMF. So we got as high as 33% went to admin uh, in 2020. Now, okay, fine. 2020 is a, a unique year because it's the pandemic, but regardless, so we invested actually more in admin to try to retain valuable teachers because we had to pay, we wanted to make sure we could pay them something. But the point is, is that as we got to um, gross revenue of 1.6, 1.7 million in 2019, we increased our administrative costs because honestly, we were building a lot of systems at that point that we needed in place to be able to sustain a school of six to 700 students every week. In addition, we invested more into, for example, growing our camp, which is a really important, we've talked about this many times, it's an important part of running a really um, profitable and sustainable business, right? So music school. So our camp was really important. That takes effort to build those systems and to invest in them and to make sure that you can sustain, like for us, we were sustaining 250, 300 students in our summer camp. So there was a learning curve there. So um, stages of growth, you may see your admin go from where it was for us, like 10% in 2016, it got up as high as 33%. Um, but we want to see it wow. right around 20 to 25%. So again, every dollar, you're thinking somewhere between 10 cents and 25 cents is going to go to that team of people that are making all of your teacher's life so much more energizing and easier to do. Nate, I know you've worked with a number of schools over the last couple of years since you kind of began to be more of a public presence and, and mm. people wanted to benefit from the uh, valuable knowledge and experience you've had running BMF. As you look at other schools, PLs, do you see these percentages being, uh, do you see these percentages on their P&Ls as well? Hmm. It's a great question. 
So people definitely share their income statements with me. It's one of the things that I always ask for because I love to look at the story. Um, I don't. I see people in stages of learning. First of all, I rarely see percentages. I usually have to take their income statement and convert them to percentages or do it with them yeah. um, because I because um, they're not they're not quite there yet. Um, but they, it's easy to get there. It doesn't take a lot, you, as you talked about before. It's not a it's not a big lift to get there. Um, I see usually a cost of labor piece that's higher, and they're trying mm. to figure out what actually is the right percentage for cost of labor. Yeah. So everybody, pay attention to what he's saying right here because this is probably true for you because this is the average that we see. Keep going. Mm, yeah. I see. Um, I don't see clarity around the admin line yet, though I oftentimes will hear from the owners. They know they need help. They know they want to invest in help. They're ready to invest in help. So in other words, their admin, their admin line needs to go up. Yes. That yes. percentage needs to go up usually. I see oftentimes owners more asking, the rent line is tricky. So like in a Brooklyn, obviously there are different markets, right? So, but let's just go with the average of between 10 and 20%. I definitely will see um, some owners that really had no idea that there was even a range that they should shoot for. And so they've, they don't, um, in, they think still in terms of dollars because it's scary to look at a new space. Maybe they want to open a second space. Maybe they want to move to a long-term space and invest in it. And instead of thinking, okay, if I invest in this larger, um, much better located uh, commercial space, um, can I really afford $100,000 a year in rent? And that's a terrifying number for some people. But if you instead say, hmm, if I made a million dollars in gross, that 100000 would be 10%. Ah, I'd be right in the right percentage. How right. many years is it going to take to move this $500,000 a year business to a million? Yeah. So I would say I don't, I'd love to see it much more often. I'd love to see school owners come to me and be like, let me show you all my percentages. And then I'd love to see them align. And hopefully this, this episode will inspire a whole bunch of you to build your spreadsheet and yeah. start start reading the story. So great know, question. Yeah. I, I know a lot of the work that we do is around not just identifying or helping schoolers do math. It's really about identifying these areas and then the actual work looking over their shoulder or they're looking over our shoulder as we start to make operational changes that will allow them to get to those percentages along with a whole bunch of other stuff that's going on as well that in general makes the school more profitable, more fun to run. But I just thought I'd say that because we see these things. There's just so many things. Whenever I start with a new client, it's like, oh, are you doing this? No, I'm not. Are you doing this? No, I'm not. What about this over here? Yeah, I don't really know what's going on over there. And it's just, there is this rubric almost. There's this curriculum. There's mm. almost a method book, so to speak, of how to take a school owner that is generally doing all right. Maybe they're not taking home as much as they want every year. Maybe there's a lot of fires they're putting out. There mm. is this kind of predictable pathway of going from there to having something that is really being run efficiently with great profit, really tight operations. And this is just one of those pieces. This is why it's a fun size episode. This is one of those pieces that contributes to that. So, so number five is equipment. 
I also include office supplies, teaching supplies. You buy your piano books, whatever. You buy paper for the printer. Equipment is you need new pianos, etc. That percentage for us, I'm going to look at the average over, um, yeah, it's only 1%. Maybe you are outfitting a growing school and you're bringing on new teachers, so it gets up as high as 2%. But that's one to two pennies of every dollar should go to your gear and should go to the teaching supplies. And I'm just going to say this back to your point about it's not about the numbers, it's about the story. And what it tells us, none of your families care beyond initial impression the digital keyboard you buy. They don't care. It's not leading to high teacher and student retention. Get quality gear, never never really nice stuff, just quality that will last and you don't mind when it breaks because you're going to replace it and just stick to that one to 2%. Okay. Next up on the big eight, number six is sales and marketing. So very simply, this is the software we use to process all our leads and move them through the sales funnel. We use um, Keep, formerly known as Infusionsoft. We use lead pages for our landing pages, blah, blah, blah. There's a list of tools we use. It also includes paid digital, Google Ads. Um, We've done great episodes on this. Uh, so definitely go there. Facebook ads. We just did a great episode on that. Um, so pay digital, printed. We do tons of postering and all these things. Um, so that's all under sales and marketing. Here's the percentage that goes to sales and marketing. We spend between 2 and 4%. Right now, I'm trying to spend around 4% on sales and marketing. Dig it? It's, it's a lot lower than I think most people would think. Yeah. However, I really liked um, a previous episode. I think, again, I'm going to give a shout out to Jeff Homer. I think he said this. He said, I want to see more like 10%. I was getting ready to say that. And again, I think this is where I think this is where what stage what stage of growth you're at and how aggressively you're wanting to grow depends what that number is. Because if you're at a million years of school, your percentage could be much lower versus if you were at two hundred thousand dollars a year, you know, a baseline SEO package is going to be the same irrespective of whether you're at a million or whether you're at 200,000. And so it will take a bigger percentage, especially if you're shooting for that higher, that higher number and you're wanting that aggressive growth. You are going to spend more. Yeah. And, and, and that's the story piece, Daniel. You're absolutely right. This isn't about the numbers. It's not even about the percentages. It's about the trends and the stories, where you have been, where you are now, and as you said, where you want to go. Yeah. Right? Dig it. Okay, moving on, because it's a fun size app. We got like three minutes. Okay, finally, I got two more. They're like probably the least sexiest categories by far. <laughs> the first one is bank fees. Yeah. We don't take any cash or checks at BMF. It's all... It's all monthly recurring revenue on a card. Got it. Um, Obviously, there are exceptions. If a family comes to us and says, we really, really need to write you a check, we'll figure it out. But Mm. 99.9% is that. Bank fees basically are always, they're they're not, there's something that is um, important a percentage to to look at because check out our percentage. The average is 3%. So we just said, Daniel, just to frame this, around the story, we spend less on sales and marketing, right? Yeah. This is fascinating to me. We spend less on keyboards, 
piano books and uh, printer's paper and ink. We spend more on bank fees, right? And so as you grow from state, let's say you're, you move from a $100,000 school to a $500,000 school to a million dollar school, you're going to start spending $30,000 a year, you know, on bank fees. It becomes a real number. So if you're looking for one little takeaway from this app, other than I've got my categories, I've got my percentages, and I'm going to build that spreadsheet, I'm committed. I'm telling Daniel and Nate, I'm going to write them. I'm going to send them the spreadsheet I built, right? You got to do it. If you take one other thing away from this, this is what Daniel was mentioning earlier. You're looking for trends and areas where you can save money. Right. As you're getting through stages of growth in your business, yes, it's worth researching your merchant account. Because if you move from 3.9% to 3% and you're a million-dollar business, you're going to save thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. Right? So that makes a difference. So you're looking for areas. Yeah. No, no, no. What are we going to say? Say and that nine grand is the difference between you taking a vacation this year or not, or getting to take some time off. You know, a hundred percent, right? So final of the big eight, and we're closing out. By far the least sexiest category, but very useful, which is insurance. Yeah. Okay. So insurance is your disability. It's your liability. It's the things that matter. Um, and also, here's a little fun fact because this is a fun size app. We also put, um, the owners can put their own health insurance into that line, and we do at BMF, right? So the owners have, uh, we have a health insurance plan and um, separate, we, we can't offer it yet. We talked about this in the last episode. It's an aspiration for all of our employees. But my personal one, that's one of those few things that you can bake into a business legally, and it's totally fine from a tax perspective. So we include that in there. So um, that's a, if you take nothing else away from this, consider doing that research. Okay, that insurance line is, um, again, 3% for us. Mm. And, it's, and it's fluctuated, right? It's been as low as 1.2%. As high as 2.3% or 3.8% rather. Um, and now it's an average of about 3%. So interesting. Um, it's fascinating when you think of percentages, Daniel, because now all of a sudden you're seeing how ev- which pennies you need to allocate to which lines to grow this company consistently year over year. And then what you're left over with, the whole why behind this is you're left with a net income. And that net income, oftentimes people just thought of as profit, but it's not just profit. It's draw, it's the taxes you need to pay on the money you gained, and then it's the profit after that. So you need to figure out how much you're worth and you need to draw from your company. Then you need to make sure you're setting aside money to pay Uncle Sam. And then there's profit left over. And this is all coming from the um, a great book called Profit First, which we worked through and and spent years developing at BMF. Um, but it's a great book, well worth a read. But that last piece is profit. And and again, I'm gonna I'm I've I've just pinged Jeff like three times in this episode. But he has uh, how many schools does he have dude? He's like 44 he's, or something. 
He was. He's probably around 50 now. If I'm he's probably correctly. he's got a roll up of like 50 schools now. And he said, I think a great margin, a great net income for any school is around 20 percent. Right. He said something like 15 percent. And if you get as high as 25 percent, you're crushing. Right. So that is you've got to write that down. Your result is that obviously I'm giving you the big Daniel and I are giving you the big eight categories. There's other things in there, right? There's other little randomness, but those are the big eight. And then the result you want is somewhere between 15 and 25% or 15 cents or 20 to 25 cents of every dollar left over that you can draw on, that you can pay Uncle Sam with, and that you can invest back in the business or in yourself. If you need to take more money that year to invest in yourself, maybe you need that vacation Daniel was talking about. Um, we all do need a vacation. So yeah. that's it for the fun size. Sure. Thoughts, Daniel? Well, I had two thoughts. I wanted to follow up on your point eight there. Uh, one is that the last time we had Jeff on was exactly 20 episodes ago on episode 79. We released that in July. You can check that out. A lot of interesting information about how to build the enterprise value of your school. That's one. Mm. And two, just I thought I'd throw a fun size fact in there. You mentioned in the insurance, like health, disability, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, one piece of advice that I got very early that I've fortunately never had to use, but it was a consideration and it's fairly inexpensive is just to get a, not only liability insurance, but a, kind of an umbrella policy. And maybe that's what you're talking mm. about there, but this umbrella mm. that shields you from large, like if a large judgment was filed against you. So the umbrella I got as a single teacher studio owner, was a million dollars in liability coverage beyond what my facility liability coverage was and my auto liability coverage was. It was a million dollars. And uh, if you have one, you you already know what this is, but you might be surprised at how inexpensive a policy like that is. I think you only pay around $200 a year for it, mm. but it does protect you, which is really important when you're in business because if someone were to sue you because they slipped on ice on your sidewalk or you know, mm. um, something happened within the school where you would be held liable f- uh, for damages. A lot of times, and this was the advice that was given to me by an attorney, was that if you have that in place, unless there's something uh, really egregious where it was apparent that it was purposeful that you hurt someone, you know, if, mm. it, if it was truly accidental, a lot of times, you know, they'll someone will bring a lawsuit against you they'll bring a judgment against you. And if it does go against you, the judge will often look at the size of your liability policy and award the judgment as the size of that policy. Mm, interesting. So yeah, that was a piece of advice I'd gotten. And it's fairly expensive to have. Yeah, and I'd, I'm sure you could fold something like that into your insurance line and still keep it around 3% or less. 100%. Of your total um, spend. So nice addition. Um, hope this was fun size and inspiring for our listeners. You made it to the end. You took lots of notes. Notes aren't enough, as Daniel and I often say. You need to go make that spreadsheet. You need to go at least download your income statement and check out your current percentages and see how they comp to BMFs. Hey, it's Nate again. You know, every year at Brooklyn Music Factory, we get dozens and dozens of great reviews from our families. And you want to know how? 
because we ask them. And they're happy to leave a review because of the positive impact that we've made on them. And so now I have a simple ask for you. If this podcast, the 7FMS podcast, was helpful to you, would you mind leaving a review for Daniel and I? And please share the podcast with another music school owner that you think might benefit. It's one of the best ways that you can support us. We appreciate it.